0: Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Jim Fox and Dr. Janine Fox. Our show is based on science-backed information on alternative and natural approaches to health. You'll hear the clinical pearls, real-life stories about real patients and situations. It all comes together so that you can live your best health. Now, here are the Doctors Fox.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Dr. Jim. And I'm Dr. Sneen. And we're here tonight to bring you another episode of Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And tonight we're going to be talking about the liver. But first thing, we always open with a little segment we call In the News. And tonight we've got some really interesting stuff. You know, a couple months ago, or a month or so ago, maybe a few weeks ago, uh, I forgot now, time flies. We had a thing on DIM, which is a cruciferous vegetable extract. Well, there's another one that made the news today. And it's called sulforaphane.
2: Yeah, and we even had one, another um, in the news on sulforaphane not long ago saying right. that it actually helped with autism. Right. It helped with autistic kids. And here's some more research about the same compound but a completely different application.
1: Boy, I'll say that this particular application, and this came from Oregon State, the Mighty Ducks, and, of course, it's Texas A&M, um,
2: and it was yeah, actually backed yeah. by the
1: National Institutes of Health. It was. It was probably it was.
2: paid for, of course. I'm
1: sure. Yeah, we uh, taxpayer paid for, but <laughs> it, it was published in a journal called Oncogenesis, uh, which is basically about cancer and cancer research. And they found that this stuff was actually very good, even affected what they call histone uh, methylation alters the gene expression in what they call the metastasized prostate cancer cells.
2: Yeah, so it was looking at, before they've always talked about prevention right. on the sulforaphane. And now they're saying maybe we need to move beyond prevention right? and maybe look at it at actually killing cancer cells. And that's what they found in a lot of their research is that it actually can help kill it. Even if it's already metastasized.
1: I was going to say, that's the key. I mean, because when they start talking about I mean, that's one thing to have, like, okay, we've got some prostate cancer, and we're going to kind of suppress it and keep it under control. But once it's outside the prostate gland, it's metastasized, typically to the bone or somewhere. It tends to be a little bit more aggressive it, at that point. It tends to be a lot more aggressive. And they actually showed that they, it, this actually worked on, has a, as they said, a therapeutic value. And they don't say that lightly, Okay against even late stage or what we call metastasized disease or metastasized prostate cancer. Unbelievable. I mean, that's that's this is some good news.
2: Right. And they do say that you cannot get the amount that you need from eating broccoli. It does have to be supplemented.
1: Well, yeah. Which I mean,
2: we do have this sulforaphane in a supplement form.
1: Right. One of the things that, um, you know, even with our show with Dr. Zelig's talking about DIMM, yeah. you'd have to eat. 10 15 pounds of uh, cabbage um, to get the DIM. And you he, probably and, have to eat that much of these bro- broccoli Yeah, sprouts, and even too. in
2: his research, when Dr. Zellings talked about DIM, he even said there's other chemicals in cruciferous vegetables like sulforaphane that you can't get from taking DIM capsules. So you actually need to still eat your cruciferous vegetables or even take sulforaphane separately.
1: Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, to get an adequate. And they even said in the research uh, at, uh, from the uh, these guys that put the research together said that there's. It's it's it would be impossible to eat enough in your diet yep. to actually be effective. So it's going to take some sort of supplementation. And
2: one thing that they concluded with in the study, which I thought was interesting, is they said in laboratory studies, sulforaphane has shown toxicity, which means it can kill a number of human cancer cell lines, including prostate, breast, ovary, colon, and pancreatic. Those are all the bad guys. Yeah. So the good, I mean, they're showing not just for prostate cancer, right? They've actually shown in other studies that it can help with any of these cell lines.
1: Well, they knew it could help, but I mean, when this thing came out about prostate cancer, and let me tell you what—that's probably one of the uh, cancer, especially fifth if it's leading yes, killer in, in America. In
2: America, for yeah, cancer,
1: for cancers, right? For cancer, so it's
2: actually and it is—it's one of the probably the biggest diagnosed. I mean, there is many, many many men with prostate cancer, and if you live oh, yeah. long enough, you probably are going to have some form of prostate cancer if yeah. you live into your 90s, because um, I think they showed that 80 to 90 percent of all men over 80 or 90 have prostate cancer may not even know it. They probably um, don't. Yeah, but it, it probably won't ever affect their life or their lifespan, nah. because at that age, it's not aggressive at all. It's in the younger men that it tends to be more aggressive and metastasize and cause more problems.
1: Right. Yeah, and, you know, that that's just, uh, I mean, this is just phenomenal news when you start thinking about, uh, you know, something like this sulforaphane that can actually help prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is one of those that's just not usually a good outcome if they start operating and start doing some of those other things. Yes, yeah, so there's a
2: lot of other things yeah. that you can
1: do. That's right. And, uh, uh, and they even talked about it going along with other treatments. So I thought that was very interesting. Thank, yeah. Thank you, Oregon. Yeah. Oregon State and Texas A&M. Don't want to leave them out. Uh, the next thing that we, uh, we kind of got out. you know, we've talked about vitamin D, what, how many times? thousand times? Uh, yes, okay. we all, there's, least, there's so
2: much coming out of vitamin, I mean, there's yeah, always research always coming something. on vitamin D.
1: This particular tidbit of information came out of the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, well-known uh, cancer research center, and it was actually published, or actually it was just uh, the, the findings at the American Society of Cancer Oncology in the Gastrointestinal Cancer Symposium in San Francisco. Yeah. So this was just delivered in a, in a speech. And it showed that vitamin D, they looked at people who had, you know, the metastatic. Remember that we talked about metastatic. Metastasis, uh, just metastasis. like with the prostate cancer. we were just talking spread. But this was metastatic colorectal cancer. And that's, that's a, that can be another bad boy. It really can. And they showed that the patients that had the highest levels of vitamin D, had actually a 33% longer lifespan than those with the lowest.
2: Yeah, and and the weird thing is
1: when they show that group, which they consider to be the highest
2: level of vitamin D, the average in that group was 27.5, which is still under the range.
1: Yeah, you know, when when we were talking, like today, I I had some folks that we were talking about vitamin D, and theirs was like 29.9, which is just barely under the radar, if you will, according to the quote-unquote acceptable ranges, 30 or above is usually what we accept. I told him, I said, you know, honestly, we always look for somewhere between 50 to 75. So
2: 75 to 80. I mean, that's probably the perfect, and it's actually measured in nanograms per milliliter. Right. And um, when we look at, you know, the range being 30 to 100 nanograms per milliliter, and in this study, they showed the highest group had an average of 27.5. So they still still weren't great.
1: no. They were just
2: better than the low group, which averaged nine nanograms well. per milliliter, which is really low. That's low. And mm-hmm. over the years, honestly, I have seen quite a few people with colorectal col- yes. colon cancer, probably mm-hmm. maybe not colorectal cancer. Right. They have always the lowest levels of vitamin D that we see.
1: Yes, they do. I've had a
2: couple that were five
1: mm-hmm.
2: nanograms per milliliter. I mean, like your D is non-existent, and they've always known that low vitamin D is a cancer risk. Of any kind, not just one kind. kind of cancer, but it actually it affects your immune system. But it definitely, being at low levels, is a cancer risk. And it's one of those nutrients that is so inexpensive to supplement. It is, and it's easy to test.
1: You know, I think that's the key to it, Janine. You know, when you know, of course, we, you know, that's one thing. If you've listened to our shows before, you know that we stress testing because honestly, if you start doing the lab work and testing, you know. Yeah. You, if you don't test, you, you don't guess. know, and you're guessing. Now, personally, I don't like to guess with my health. I don't know about you, but you know, I'm personally, I want to know. And regardless of whether I, you know, we have people that say, well, I don't want to know because I'm afraid of what it'll be. No, no, no. You want to know where it is. Because if you know something's low, like your vitamin D, and believe me, if I saw a 27.5, which they thought was the high group, I would be telling these people, you need a lot of vitamin D. Because we want that up around that 50 to 75. And a
2: lot of times the problems come in the extra testing. It's not in the basic lab work. Yeah. We had a lady just um, a week or two ago. and, And locally, we do a lot of, because we do lab work so much less expensive than other doctors, when people go, we have a lot of doctor's offices that send people to us to do their lab work because we do it so much less expensive. Well, a lady came in and she wanted, you know, her doctor had written her, her script of what she wanted, and she wanted our basic lab panel, but she wanted some extra tests like vitamin D and B12 and um, a few mm-hmm. extra things. And we right. told her it would be like hundred, it was like $120. And she was like, well, she t- well I thought y'all's basic lab work was 69 I said, yeah, but she added some extra tests. Well, the woman didn't want to do it because she didn't want to pay the extra money. And I mm-hmm. said, well, that's up to you. I mean, and your doctor. you know. And so she called her doctor and asked her, do you really think I need these tests done? And the doctor was like, well, yeah, that's kind of why I ordered them. And it was interesting because she acted really like she didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. When we got her test results back, all of her basic stuff was perfect. Mm -hmm. Her vitamin B12 was so low it causes nerve damage. That's pretty And her D was like five nanograms per milliliter. And it was like it was the extra testing that showed the problem. It was not the basics. Her basics, she would have said, you ain't got nothing wrong with you. So we do a lot more even than what that doctor ordered for her. And we call it our expanded panel, which right. is like one hundred and fifty dollars, and it does a lot of extra testing.
1: It sure um, does.
2: And especially in the younger people, which I say, I mean, younger is still up to, 60, up to 50, 50 60, 60, yeah, That's um, It's that's what shows the problem. It, it's it does. So, so many times, your basic lab work looks perfect, and the extra test is what shows the problem. So, especially something like vitamin D, there is yeah. no reason not to check it. And it is so important, and so much research is coming out on things that it
1: affects. And, and like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a very simple test to do. I think it, it's a, if we just do the vitamin D, it's like $30 to do that. Yeah, 35
2: um, with the draw with fee. With the draw fee, still.
1: okay. But, you know, and, and, and by the way, even though that we do this locally, we can do this anywhere. I had a gentleman today call from West Texas. As He said, we live in the middle of nowhere. I said, well, I <laughs> promise you there's a lab somewhere. And sure enough, we found him a lab close by. So we're going to get his lab work done. And that's, that's what you can do. I mean, you know, we can send you somewhere uh, in, in your vicinity probably to get to Most likely, we can get this lab work done for me in the continental United States, uh, everywhere except Hawaii. Some reason, and in yeah. New York. New York, right. Now, in New York, we there. can
2: send you to the outskirts. And maybe go to New Jersey. I mean, but they have a law where a doctor cannot be paid for lab work. So we can order it. It's just you can't get those prices. Yeah. So unfortunately, we can't get the prices in New York. But if you go to New Jersey or Connecticut or one of the surrounding areas, mm-hmm. you
1: can. You sure can. Yeah. But that's just, you know, this, this kind of stuff just shows you how important it is. You know, think about these people that have this colorectal cancer. And even mm-hmm. the people that they said was the high group, which is still 27.5, which we think is low. Think about it. If they had started years ago maintaining a, a good average, like 50 to 75, a good level of vitamin D. Think of how much of that you yeah. might have been able to prevent.
2: And, and, and you know, speaking of the, you know, the vitamin D and prevention for cancer and all mm-hmm. that, our topic tonight oh, yeah. goes straight into prevention of cancer because there is no better prevention than keeping your liver healthy. Yeah, tonight's going to be about liver, isn't it? Yeah, cool. and liver gets rid of the toxins and carcinogens from the body. Yeah. And if it is not working properly, then you're going to increase your risk for cancers. Yes, so there are. Um, they're so, so important to keep that liver healthy.
1: Right. And that's going to be our, the, the the remainder of this show is going to be about liver and liver health and so on. And uh, you know, we will just kind of jump right on into that. Yeah, liver I mean, thing. just
2: really quick, though, in the news, oh. I had one more little segment.
1: Another little um, tidbit? Yeah, a little
2: bit of tidbit. This was mm-hmm. another bit of research that was actually published um, in the Nutrition Journal. That showed, they just did a group where they were doing abdominal surgery in patients. And they Mm -hmm. showed that if NAC, which is N-acetylcysteine, was supplemented in patients before abdominal surgery, the outcome was so much better. They actually found that the patients recovered better. They did better during the surgery. And they actually said they thought that was because of the oxidative stress that it prevented. Mm -hmm. Now, NAC is something that's so important for the liver. And one of the things it does is it actually is one of the precursors to increasing something called glutathione, which is your own body's response to oxidative stress. Right. So that is just a really big difference in, you know, overall health. And there's so many things you can do. And if you know there's something coming up that you have done, there are
1: nutrients that you can take beforehand to make your your surgery more successful. That's right. You know, and something as simple as uh, N-acetylcysteine, you know, that's a nutrient. I mean, it's a basic nutrient in ways because it's a sulfur-containing amino acid. Right. We use it a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, we talked about it last week, or was it last week that we did the show with Dr. Uh, Kendall? Yes, because yeah, it is actually
2: important in the methylation process in the liver.
1: <laughs> it is. And we talked about... And you
2: sulfonation know, and the, some of the other pathways right.
1: in the liver. And we talked about that, especially in the liver. But we talked about it actually increasing the, the glutathione there and right. actually thinning the mucus for those people with COPD. Right. Because we talked about DMG helping with oxygen and... It definitely breaks up
2: those sulfide bonds, and it makes a big difference in in, in consolidation of mucus in the
1: the chest especially. You know, when it comes to the liver, most people don't realize every 60 seconds. Now, that's not very long. Look at your watch and watch it. Every 60 seconds, a liter and a half of your blood goes through your liver to be processed. It's going to be detoxified. It's going to be filtered. It's going to be things done to it. Oh, yeah. It's pushed right back out into bloodstream. Every 60 seconds, a liter and a half. So about every, that's a minute, folks. Every five or so minutes, every drop of blood in your body goes through your liver. That's a lot. That's a lot. Think about it. Every five, six minutes, depending on how how big a person is and so on, every five to six minutes or so, every drop of blood in your body goes through your liver to be processed. And liver is such an important organ. It is. You
2: don't have two of them. You only
1: have one. Nope, you only have one. It, it is very good at regenerating. It them. is. It is the most regenerative organ in the body. Right. If, if you can damage it, and, <coughs> and a lot of people do, uh, whether they mean to or not, they damage right. it. But that liver can actually regenerate uh, itself. And that's, it's the only organ that we have. You know, like the salamander can regrow a tail. Unfortunately, we, we can't regrow a lot of things. The liver can actually regenerate Yeah, even
2: itself. in liver transplants, that's why you can have a live donor
1: because they right. can actually give a little part of the liver for donation. Right, and and the and the person can actually, uh, um, the person can actually, you know, regenerate their liver, get that liver back up to normal, and uh, with just a small part of a uh, of a liver from one person into the next, it's that important. Uh, this liver is—it's amazing how much it actually does for our body. And when you think about every, you know, five six minutes, every drop of blood in your body is going through that liver, being processed. And something's being done to it, and it's being put right back out in your blood, a body, so it can actually do the the job it's intended to do. And there's so many things that can interfere with the liver. You know, and here's something that most people don't realize. When you start talking about liver and liver function, there's no medicines for it. Very few medicines. If anything, most of the medicine is toxic. Almost every medication you can think of from acetaminophen, uh, right on down, is toxic to that liver. As a matter of fact, acetaminophen, your plain old Tylenol, is something that actually sends, I think it's something like sixty to 70,000 people a year to the hospital because of damage to the liver. Now, hopefully, if you don't do too much damage to it, it can actually regenerate and get itself back again. But something as simple as acetaminophen or Tylenol. And one of the things they do for Tylenol overdose right? is NAC. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what's kind of neat about it. That's the one thing. Medically, uh, they actually use a nutrient. Yeah. And it's one of the rare times they use a nutrient like that. There's sure uh, not a lot of medications good for the liver. No. Uh, it's, somebody asked uh, just recently about, you know, what medication is is good for the liver. And I said, absolutely none. <coughs> uh, there's, there's not any uh, of the actual medications, uh, medication-wise, that are. I said, now, the N-acetylcysteine, and sometimes they use it as a medication. Okay, but it's I mean, it's actually a nutrient. It's not really a medication. Okay, so that's just about the liver. How important it is. How much blood goes through it. It's totally amazing what goes on in that liver. It really is. That's why it's really important to keep it healthy. It truly is. And we're going to be talking about uh, in any upcoming segments here. We're going to be talking about a little some of the stuff that uh, things, if you will, that can actually cause problems with the liver, damage the liver, and some of the most I guess we'd say chronic problems we see with the liver, to And common problems, common, we see with the liver. yeah, very, very, very common. And maybe
2: problem. some of the symptoms you may see if you start having a liver problem, and you really don't
1: even realize that it is a liver problem. Mm, I think most people probably don't till it's right. till it's getting pretty. So it's advanced. pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty advanced and pretty bad. And that's why some simple blood work will tell you if that liver is in trouble. Uh, we can do some simple lab work for that. Uh, metabolic yeah. panel will show you your liver function. Your ALT and AST are the two liver enzymes you always watch. And uh, so, we'll be doing a little bit more about this liver. We kind of got a start on it. And we're going to be, when we come back after the break, we're going to be talking about things that you, uh, how the liver functions, a little bit more about the detoxification. And then we're going to be talking about things we can do for the liver.
3: Your life, your health, your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness there is a fact that we must all face And that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally. And maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at DoctorsNutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit DoctorsNutritionMedia.com for podcasts, complete, live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194 your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at jfox@doctorsnutrition.com. Now back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. Uh, Doctor Jim
1: here, and Doctor Janine with us. Yep. And we're gonna we're talking about the liver tonight, and uh, some of the things it does, and we you know it does in our body. One of the things we talked about before the break, we mentioned how much blood goes through it. Basically, every drop of blood you've got goes through the liver pretty
2: quick. which is the main thing. Why? Right. But there's other functions that the liver does do. There's well, other functions
1: and other <coughs> digestion. I, you know, I think that's uh, a... And, and people have a, a lot of uh, issues with gallbladder. Yeah. And that actually originates because of the bile actu- actually originates in the liver. And the, the gallbladder actually sits kind of tucked away in the un- underneath the liver and, uh, you know, of course, that bile originates in the liver and dumped out into that gallbladder. And once that stuff starts getting toxic, then you have a toxic gallbladder, you're going to have problems. There's no doubt and about that. And
2: there's a lot of natural things you can do for gallbladder. There really are. Um, we, one of the first things we'll do is digestive enzymes because if you actually give the enzymes that helps break down the, the food, it actually takes some of the stress off of the gallbladder. Mm-hmm. And then we even have something called bile support that helps thin the bile and makes it flow a little bit better. And so there's a lot of things that you can do. You don't have to just automatically go have it cut out. No, that's true. And most people just think, "Yeah, well, let's go have it cut out." But then when they get it cut out, there's a whole other set of problems because the gallbladder is
1: there for a reason. Yeah, it's going to help you digest fats. Yeah. And if you don't have, if you can't, if you don't have a gallbladder, you're not going to absorb and digest fats very effectively. <clears throat> so you're going to want to know. Uh, anywhere you go eat a meal, especially if it's got a little fat, you're going to know where the restroom is, closest one. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what we hear a lot from All that, oh, That's the most common complaint. And right. a lot of
2: times people have their gallbladder removed and say, well, you know, it helped that specific problem, but it set up a whole other
1: cascade of, of, other, of other problems. Right. Right.
2: So, yeah. you know, like I said, the production of bile is, is one of the functions of the liver that aids in the digestion of their fats. Mm-hmm. It actually helps with the production of... Your red blood cells. It actually mm-hmm. even helps with regulation of hormones.
1: You know, it's it, that's you know again back to a couple of weeks or a few weeks back when we talked to uh, Doctor Zelligs and about how the DIM and even that sulforaphane, some of the ways that it works that we know is via this liver and how it sets up some of these uh, detoxification pathways. And there's there's basically we, we divide the liver into two pathways: phase one, phase two, and phase one is. Kind of the, the, the one, that the cytochrome P450 pathway, some of you may have heard that. That helps detoxify a lot of your, your medications and stuff that you take. I mean, most all of your medications uh, are going to go through that uh, cytochrome pathway, which is phase one. And then, of course, phase two kind of conjugates things or puts things together and makes it either fat-soluble or water-soluble so you can get rid of it. either go out through the feces or goes out through the urine got to get rid of it somehow. And
2: there's multiple phases in Phase 2. There are. So both phases are important. Now, a lot of people get too strong of a Phase 1, and if you gather a lot of the
1: toxins, but then Phase 2 don't get rid of it, then you just reabsorb it, and it becomes a bigger problem. And see, because think back to how much blood's going through that liver. Every 60 seconds, a liter and a half. Now, if you have, like Janine said, if you've got Phase 1 that's doing great gangbusters, but Phase 2 can't really package it up and get rid of it, then it just builds up in the liver. And the liver is really cool at just putting it right back in the bloodstream, putting it right back out around the body, so you got toxins floating around forever and a day that way. You've got to get that phase two working correctly. And there's quite a few nutrients that do that. Uh, that actually, you know, most of the time when you think about your, your phase one, you talk about your B vitamins and your your proteins. got to have protein for that liver you know, to function correctly. Even
2: milk thistle works on phase one. It does. Now, turmeric is more on Phase 2.
1: Well, turmeric actually does kind of slow down Phase 1 a little bit and speeds up yes. Phase 2. So it does two things, and which is actually yeah, very beneficial, I'd say. You know, yeah. If you can slow down Phase 1 and then speed up Phase 2, you've done some pretty good stuff. Like I said, you
2: always need the... Um Sulfur-bearing amino acids for detoxification.
1: Like your garlic and your you know, onions. You know, oh, like those that. are all those really are foods? good foods for oh, the liver. I mean, those are,
2: and, and, and when we're talking about foods for the liver, one of the main things to do is to actually stop putting toxins in and try to eat as much organic as possible.
1: Well, that, that's rule number one of detoxification. Yeah, stop, stop putting stop. toxins in.
2: Right, stop toxifying. Yeah, I
1: mean, you so know, everybody
2: wants to detoxify. I have a lot of people come in and say, "I, w- I want a week detox," and we do have, and we even have a two week detox that we call DN detox. Yes, we do, and it's, it's actually, you know, it's a yeah. detoxification of both the liver and the kidneys and the blood, and it, and it's it does kind of whole body. Yeah, it's a whole thing, body detox, right? and mm-hmm. it does work well. But we have a lot of things. We have something called liver support and detoxification that
1: you can take daily, and that's and basically to to, to help phase one, and phase two. It really speeds up phase two.
2: It does. It is, and we get such good results. We have had people that have had really high liver enzymes mm-hmm. and really bad problems with the liver. And it has things like the milk thistle and the turmeric, but then it has like the calcium deglucurate, which helps with the glucuronidation pathway. Mm-hmm. It has your niacetol and methionine and indole-3-carbinol and glycine and the NAC that we talked about mm-hmm. and alpha-lipoic acid. Now, NAC and alpha-lipoic acid together are precursors that can actually make your own body make glutathione.
1: Right, which is the body's number one antioxidant. Antioxidant.
2: Mm -hmm. It actually is, uh, it helps with free radicals and it does help with the liver detoxification because you have to have glutathione for detoxification of the liver. And then it has, we think what makes it even more unique and different is the limonene.
1: Well, you know, if you read almost everywhere you see, you'll see that the lemons and... Limes. Limes, those various uh, uh, you know, uh, citrus fruits have very good qualities for the liver. And one of the things that they all have in common, any of these citrus fruits, is limonene. limonene is, now, if you've ever bought that orange um, stuff that you will know, cut grease off your floor, it's a citrus. It's got cleaner. limonene in it. It's limonene. <laughs> Now it, it's not quite as it's not food grade. No, so it's don't not drink food it. grade. So don't <laughs> drink it. Oh no, 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 please don't do that. But that that is a form of limonene, and limonene has you know many qualities. But it's extraordinarily good on the gastrointestinal tract from the mouth through and on that liver. I mean, it has some extremely good qualities. And
2: earlier that we did talk about cancer prevention and right. a lot of the things for the liver, like the calcium diglucrate. Oh yeah, most of the research on deglucurate is for cancer prevention. Right. Um, Because it actually gets rid of toxins and carcinogens from the body. And we do have deglucurate by itself, but then we also have it in our liver detox product.
1: Right. You know, when it goes back to that big word you used, that glucuronidation, and calcium deglucurate actually forces the liver to do more glucuronidation. Now, it's a big word, but what that means is, basically, you're packaging up this bad stuff and getting it the heck out of the right. body. and that's what you got to do. That's what it's all about. And yeah. even the limonene has a lot of cancer research
2: with it. It really does. So when you start looking at like our liver detox product, a lot of the things in it is for cancer prevention. But the right. way it helps cancer prevention is it helps detoxification. So we always say you have to have detoxification just to stay overall healthier.
1: You know, and one thing, back to this liver, I think one of the things that can take a lot of stress off that liver, and you touched on it a little bit ago, Janine, and that's the digestive enzymes. Yes. Because if we... Don't digest our food properly, then you know. Shall we say, improperly digested food winds up in your liver, and when it does, the liver has a real hard time dealing with it. You know, we want that food broken down into its most elemental forms. Right, and even something
2: we talk about a lot is probiotics, and even the probiotics have been shown to actually take the toxins away
1: from the liver. Some of those uh, probiotics are known for that. There's actually some. Uh, some of the paracase and so that can actually bind with <laughs> the heavy metals like mercury and, yeah. and stuff like that and actually get it out of the body. Well, a lot of the stuff in this liver detox also helps with heavy metal heavy toxicity. Heavy metal toxicity because the heavy metals, mercury, things like that, lead, they're going to cause a lot of problems in that liver. Okay, So that's one of the things you have to get rid of is get rid of that stuff <laughs> out of your body And you go through some of the right kind of probiotics, no doubt about it, that that'll definitely help. And then the other (laughs) thing is making sure that you got something like this uh, uh, particular compound that we talk about, our liver support and detox, that can actually uh, help with getting rid of some of those, uh, those, you know, heavy metals, get that burden away from that liver. You know, when we talk about metals and liver, one of the things that we always want to talk about is what? Iron. Iron, yes. Oh, yes. Because people don't, it's
2: a, it's a problem that people don't know about. And we are going to start talking about more specific on the liver problems coming up, just so yeah. we'll know different problems that you can have. But something called hemochromatosis or even just iron overload, you can have iron overload without having hemochromatosis, but that is the genetic disorder with too much iron. When iron is stored, it's stored in the liver, and that's one of the, one of the other functions of the liver is to store some of the nutrients. Right. But when you get too much of it, Then it can damage it. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot, 7% of all men have too much iron.
1: Well, that's a pretty good bit, really. And it's
2: really what we check is ferritin, which is your stored iron. Right. And when the stored iron is high, I always tell people it's kind of like you're rusting from the inside.
1: Well, it's exactly what you're doing.
2: You hear of the antioxidants, but iron is an an (laughs) oxidant, exactly. So you're actually, and we see it a lot, it is one of the most misdiagnosed. And, and missed problems in this country.
1: You know, uh, just not too long ago, we had a, a fellow that we've dealt with for quite a few years doing the simple lab work, like you said, the basic stuff on him. And you know, a lot of times he'd have it done somewhere else, bring it to us, and this is, a, this is something we'll do for anybody. Um, so if you're listening, you got lab work done, send it to us. We'll give you your opinion on it. But he had, some, he had had some recent lab work done by his other local physician, sent it to us, and I noticed a pattern. That indicated to me <laughs> that he, we needed to look at that ferritin. And when I questioned him about it, he said, Well, you know, they just diagnosed my dad with uh, hemochromatosis." Yeah, testing. and it does run in families. And it does run in families. And I said, Well, you need to get this checked. And so he went back, and sure enough, uh, they checked his ferritin and so on. And, and he just, you know, he, he, and he emailed, didn't have the problem. He emailed me later and said, Thank you. Uh, you, you've caused something that... that Before you know, it caused a problem. Before because, it caused a problem.
2: Because, you know, the iron overload, yes, it can make liver failure. It can. But it also can make heart problems. It oh, can make definitely. a lot of other problems. And we learned many, many years ago the dangers of hemochromatosis. And that's probably why we've always checked for it. Oh, yeah. We had a lady come in our store years ago. And, I mean, this probably probably 18 years ago. Yeah. And she was telling us symptoms that her husband was having, that he was having a bad body odor, which is definitely can be breath odor. All that can be a liver problem. Mm-hmm. And we told her it sounded like it could be the liver. And I said, you know, he had to have lab work. Well, he was 20, 20-something years old and refused. And I, do, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need any lab work. Well, then it went on. Time went on. And then she came back in. And she said, well, you know, he looks a little yellow. And I said, he absolutely has to go have that liver checked. Well... She finally talked him into it, so he got orders. All right. But then we didn't get any results. He didn't go in. And then we saw his obituary in the paper the next week. Yes. And he died from iron overload at like 26, 27 I mean, years was old. I think. Was he, I mean, he it was, was 28. It was, yeah. it was in his 20s. He was yeah. young. And at that point, we learned how dangerous iron overload can be, even though we never really saw the lab work on him. He ended up at the emergency room that weekend. Right. Um, but... If he would have checked it months earlier when we started trying to get him to check it, he could have completely prevented the problem. Quite possibly could have prevented it. And the the medical treatment is taking blood out. Yes. Bloodletting. I mean, and the hematologists do it every day with people with this problem. If it's just a little bit of mild problem, you can just go donate blood. You know, I mean, iron-rich blood is actually good for donating. Now, if it's real severe, then we'll send you to a hematologist, but... Like I said, there—that's something that can be prevented. So we wanted to mention it because it affects the liver a lot, right? And it can really be detrimental to your health. And it's really easy to check for. And seven percent of all men have it, so it's not that uncommon.
1: And even some women
2: can have it. Women especially. do. I actually saw one today, but she—it's right. usually after, after menopause, menopause right. when there shows up because they don't bleed every
1: month. Right. Okay. So we've got about less than a minute to go here in this segment, and when we come back. We're going to be talking about some of the things that you can do because we've talked about some of the bad stuff. We're going to talk about some things that you can do to really protect and keep this liver going again. So in the next segment, we'll be more on the liver.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face. And that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally. And maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at DoctorsNutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit DoctorsNutritionMedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to live healthy, be healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're talking about the liver, things it can do,
1: things it does, and things that you can do to help it, and so on. You know, let's talk about some of the most common liver problems that we see. And this is stuff that we see every day. One of the most common. And actually, one of the fastest-growing chronic conditions—not just liver, but chronic conditions of any kind of any kind in America—is the non-alcoholic alcoholic, fatty, fatty liver. liver disease. Yeah, and you say, "Oh, really?" Yes, a non-alcoholic. Typically, we now, always we all, thought it
2: was yeah, alcohol, and everybody right? knows that excessive alcohol can also cause cirrhosis and liver problems. And and, fatty liver, and, so and people right. know that. And in right. excessive um, medications and excessive drugs and definitely can all affect the liver. Mm-hmm. But what people don't realize is excessive
1: sugar. I was going to say the, the ultimate culprit, sugar. Is excessive sugar, and right. that is what's causing the, the fatty liver. Yeah, the and metabolic it, syndrome that you know, we've talked about yeah. and time and time Usually again. Usually
2: the pattern, even before it affects the liver is high triglycerides, low HDLs. Mm -hmm. Now, you can have normal LDLs, but low HDLs and high triglycerides is that pattern that you don't handle sugar properly, and and it's metabolic syndrome.
1: And that abdominal fat. Yes,
2: where you gain weight right in the middle. People say, I gain it right in the tummy. So that's something that we see, I mean, every single day.
1: Yeah, there's not a day goes <laughs> not by a with day that. goes
2: by that we don't tell somebody that they actually have metabolic syndrome, and in, um, probably every day there's at least one that we've done that's affecting their liver or yeah, more,
1: at least that.
2: And mean, the day I think I had, you know, fifteen twenty lab works that came back that I looked at, and I was like, oh my gosh, like fifteen of these are metabolic <laughs> syndrome, and then half yeah. of those, seven or eight, have liver problems from yep. it. You know, so it's very, very, very common, and it is the American diet that's doing it. It is. And it's got to it's change. Now, there are some things like the fish oil. Oh, yeah. Really good for lowering those triglycerides and helping with fatty liver. The lecithin, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fat emulsifiers are right. really good for that. So, But really, the dietary change is probably the biggest thing that people need to do for fatty liver. And you can change it.
1: Yes, you can. We, uh,
2: every day, see people's liver reverse the problems that it has.
1: Yeah, I think we uh, told a little story yeah. about a lady that had a fatty liver and a fatty pancreas, yeah. which goes along with it and all we did was change her diet simply change the diet and add some things like the some, of the nutrients, the, some as well. of the nutrients and so on as well but the basic stuff was changing that diet and within about 6 months you know we had she lost about 30 something pounds and got rid of a fatty liver got rid of a fatty pancreas oh, yeah. and there you go and Got well, some like I said, so fatty stuff. liver
2: is probably the most common liver problem that we mm-hmm. see nowadays. Mm-hmm. And another one that we see regularly is hepatitis C.
1: You know, hepatitis C is, you know, <laughs> a lot of people think, oh, well, hep C, ooh, that's got to be some sort of boogaboo. Actually, hepatitis C, I would say, is probably close to epidemic proportions. And it is middle Middle America. Middle America. I always say it's not, not, not your. Yeah, it's not. not. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not it's
2: so we not. do see a lot of people with Hep C, and there are again things that you can do for Hep C. We yep. have some good natural antivirals. We have that liver support and detox that we talked about. Right. We actually have, um, you know, just dietary changes, living a better lifestyle, and with oh, liver, yeah. liver in general. Like we said, we were going to tell you some things to do good about. Liv- is living a healthier lifestyle helps the liver greatly.
1: Oh, well, it'll help everything else, in, know, try including the liver. Yeah, yeah, try
2: to help your, you know, eat your foods that are organic as possible. Stay away from pesticides and chemicals. Um, you know, drink plenty of water. Yes, water is one of your best detoxifiers. It really is. And so you have to have the water too. Um, so I do tell people, you know, changing the lifestyle makes a big difference in the liver. And there are now some of the symptoms to look for. Right. If for say, you know, do I have a, is my liver working? It can not just be the severe symptoms. It can just be mild things. It can be that you have the bad breath or you can have a body odor. Right. Right. Or digestive issues. That's a big thing. You know, gallbladder disease, gallstones, intolerance to eating fatty foods. Or when you eat certain things that you feel sick and nausea and reflux and, you know, all that can be liver. So you need to have it checked. It can even cause blood sugar problems because liver is, is one of the big things the liver does is storage of glycogen. Right. And so it makes a big difference in blood sugar issues and hormonal
1: imbalances. I think we see that one all the time.
2: Even, uh, like I said, so there's so many different things that the liver affects. It can even affect the immune system and cause some of the chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And you know, in different infections, affect the liver as well. You can actually, you know, the flu a lot of times will elevate the liver enzymes
1: temporarily. They certainly will. <laughs> I think we see an awful lot of folks who had these viral infections, the flu-like symptoms, yeah. and so on. And sure enough, that ALT, which is one of your liver enzymes will actually be very elevated. And it's because it's affecting, it's not hepatitis C or something, it's just a virus, which hepatitis C is a virus too, mm-hmm. but it's just a virus and pretty much a lot of these viruses will actually cause problems with the liver. It causes the liver to dysfunction and not function properly and it, it can set up a whole host of problems just by you know interfering with proper liver function. Like you said, all those symptoms that you have. No, there's so
2: many symptoms. I mean, even some of the mood changes and depression and concentration and foggy brain can all
1: be part of the liver problem. You know, I think it was just a a week or so ago, uh, last week, I guess, when we had Dr. Kendall, we talked about SAMe. Yeah. And SAMe is so good for the liver. It's very protective of the liver. It does so much for the liver. And, you know, one of the biggies is depression. It helps, yeah. We get people all the time. I had a lady today. Uh, she called, uh, she's out of, out of town. She called in and she said she can't take um, the normal 5-HTP, which is increasing serotonin. She can't take that. She can't take the uh, uh, SSRIs like Paxil, Zoloft, and all that. She's tried them, Pooh, cause all kinds of problems. But she's depressed. And she said, it's not that bad, but it's bad enough that she'd actually seek care for it. And I suggested SAMe. And she said she had read about it. She hadn't no. tried it. I said, okay, let's try SAMe. Yes, said, because it's not a serotonin. It doesn't no, increase serotonin. No, it doesn't work in serotonin. that way. It works actually work with the all.
2: detoxification pathways. It does. And methylation and all that makes right. a difference. But we do tell people that take a lot of SAMe that you do want to make sure you get the B12 and the 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate with it. Because the one downside to SAMe is it can elevate homocysteine. But as long as you have
1: enough B12 and methylfolate, then you don't have that problem. Well, what happens is you break down... SAMe breaks down to homocysteine, and then you have to recycle that homocysteine. We have to recycle it, but you have to have
2: the right nutrients in order to recycle
1: it. Well, which is the B12 and the folic acid. And the folic acid
2: and the B6 and actually betaine. I mean, so there's actually things needed for that. But SAMe, sometimes that works when nothing else does in people.
1: Well, this lady, I mean, you know, she was pretty much at wit's end because she said, I've tried everything and I can't take it. What do I do? I said, SAMe is the only thing you got left. And it helps joints and liver and depression and... Well, she had some of these other issues. When you get to talking to her, she had some of those other issues that she didn't relate to the liver uh, at all. But like joint pain and so on, she does have it. She's, but I'm 40-something years old. Like, okay, that's pretty young, honey. I mean, that's when you're 40-something is young. And she's got these issues. So not, something as simple as SAMe to help the liver, help the rest of the body. Because remember, every drop of blood goes there every five or six Oh, yeah. Days. You know, it's pretty it, effective. It, so you definitely want to help. I always say love your liver yes. and make sure you do healthy things for your liver. Right. You know, and, and again, I think, you know, one of the things that you brought up and, and we talked about, you know, rule number one, stop putting toxins in. And one of the best ways to stop putting toxins in your body is to stop eating packaged and processed yes. foods. You know. Just because somebody like General Mills or somebody like that makes it doesn't mean it's And I think
2: every program we do, no matter what the condition yeah. we're talking about, it can probably be helped by stopping packaged, processed foods.
1: Yep. I don't know of a condition out there that can't be helped. And I
2: think that. it can. any condition can be worsened by packaged, <laughs> processed food.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I had a lady in today, and, and she had uh, listened to some of our past shows, and, and she had— uh, Read some of the things that we had kind of talked about there, and she had actually read uh, some of uh, Bob Lustig's, Doctor Lustig's uh, comments about if a read a, an ingredient list on a food, if it's got more than three ingredients, don't eat it. Yeah, plain and simple. And if you can't
2: pronounce it, you surely don't want to yeah, eat it.
1: If you look at something that says polysorbate whatever, don't eat it. You know, if you don't, if you can't pronounce it, you don't know what the heck it is. Don't eat it, because what you're doing is you're putting toxins in your body.
2: And it's the more toxins unsafe. that there is, the more detoxifying the body has to do.
1: Yeah, and our body's an amazing organism. Oh yeah, because it, it does can, have limits because it can detoxify, but it's got limits.
2: And there's a lot of nutrients that we we use. A lot of nutrients that can help detoxify. Now we've mentioned, I mean, milk thistle. Just right, even milk. by itself, it's great. It's, it's a,
1: one of the most protective. Protective things, for the right. liver. It
2: really is one of the other ones, and we mentioned it also. But the curcumin's or right. the
1: turmeric. Right. There is so much research in it. Yeah, it's it's actually probably one of the most well-researched uh, supplements or nutrients that there is out there. It is, and it's such a great anti-inflammatory. It is a great anti-inflammatory.
2: And a lot of times if that liver is inflamed, and we get a lot of people that say they have an inflamed liver or an enlarged liver. Right. Or, I mean, there's always, you know, you hear a lot of different things with the liver. Yes. Um, And we have people all the time, of course, we do the lab work regularly. And you see high liver enzymes now. Sometimes they don't have fatty liver and they don't have hep C. So why are they elevated? A lot of times it's just the toxins they're coming in contact with. Right now in those people where it's not the fatty liver and we know, you know, we know that it's not hepatitis, C, that liver detox and support product really works well.
1: Oh, it Works great. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I would have to say it's probably. You know, we we put that formula together. Whoa, what five, six, seven, eight years ago? At least eight years ago. At least time
2: ago, goes like by that. fast. Yeah, it
1: does. Um, but when we put that formula together, uh, we had been using the individual nutrients and we just put it into one formula to make for ease of operation, so to speak. And we started seeing some actually remarkable changes in liver function. And not only that, when that liver's functioning better, Everything's you better. feel better. Right. If you've got somebody has got a toxic liver, you don't feel
2: good. Now, there is even something called um, the, the, the syndrome that is where you have high bilirubin that's genetic. Yeah, Gilbert's. Gilbert syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's actually said, it's a French word, so it's said a little bit. Gilbert. Further. Yeah, okay. French. Yeah. But anyway, we've even seen that with a genetic problem like that, most people, even the books say that there's no symptoms that go with it, that people tend to have depression that actually have that. Mm-hmm. And we've used a liver detox and support with those people, and it brings down their bilirubin, even though it's a genetic problem. Now, unfortunately, they got to keep taking it because if you stop taking it, it goes back up because yeah. it is genetics, and pretty much it's just helping force the detoxification. But we've seen depression be so much better in
1: those people. We really have. You know, something as simple as as that one formula there. And, you know, and I think the the thing that all of us, you know, should do periodically is we need to have that liver tested. Notice we want to do those lab work that we talk about all the time. Check that liver function. Keep an eye on it. Make sure that nothing's going wrong with it. At least once a year, I don't care how old you are. You really need to have I mean, The first
2: sign of having something wrong, get it checked. Don't wait until Don't yeah. wait until you look like you're in liver failure,
1: yeah, which we had recently. Yeah, we've um, had that too. Uh, he walked
2: in, and I looked at him, and I said, you need to go straight to the emergency room.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I could look at him and tell he was in
1: liver failure well, because his,
2: the dirtiness of the skin and the eyes— and right. so don't wait until you get to that point. Have that liver checked. There are things you can do for it.
1: There really are. We just don't want to wait until the last minute. No,
2: sometimes it. you do get to a point where it is hard to return. Yeah. It is. So um, and okay. we're, we're coming to the end of the program, and next week we're going to be talking about anemias. So tune in. and we're Which can about, have
1: a lot to do with the liver, can it? It
2: can. Ah, it really can. Mm-hmm. So join us next week, and we'll talk more with Live Healthy, Be Healthy.
1: We sure will. See you next week,
0: folks. Thank you for being a part of Live Healthy, Be Healthy this week. Please join Doctors Jim and Janine Fox next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to your better health.